You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Our big prayer is this, in Austin as it is in heaven. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today. It's really good to be with you today. Uh, my name is Jake, and uh, I've, uh, I'm the lead pastor of Midtown Church. If you don't I've also been a little sick, and I was in, spent some time in the hospital, and, uh, and being here today with you is an answer. I'm very thankful uh, for all of y'all who have been praying for me, and um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I have told a few people that I'm pretty, still pretty like lethargic and a little tired, and so like this might be the first sermon where um, the pastor actually falls asleep during the message. If that happens, then you're free to go home, all right? And so you just, just head off and let me take a nap. No, I don't think that that's going to happen at all. And I really do appreciate y'all. Uh, thanks for all the prayers. Um, uh, God is healing me. I'm feeling better than I did uh, two weeks ago, that's for sure. So anyways, uh, so glad to be with y'all today. This is actually one of my, fir- one of my favorite Sundays of the year. And uh, it's one of my favorite Sundays because uh, students are back. We're glad to have you back, students, and those that are returning who have been away during the summer, and then the new students that are checking out. We are really glad that you're here, and uh, so glad to uh, to have a chance to meet you. And let me just say, like, if you're first time here uh, as a student, maybe even as a first year student, you showed up at at a church before the first Sunday of classes. Way to go! Like I'm just so impressed. That's that's a big deal, and and, I, and I'm I'm not really kidding. I, I think that really honors God. And we know that whenever you uh, come to a crossroads in life, kind of transition life, so you show up at col- in college or a new year of college, that's an opportunity to evaluate. Like, what am I going to give my time to? What am I going to prioritize? And that you're here choosing to uh, worship God and check out a new church. I just think that that really does glorify God. And I want you to know, it encourages us, spurs us on in our walk with God. And so we are so happy uh, that you're here. And, and it's a part of that, too, is just like it's a passion of ours as a church family like to pour into you guys, college students. Uh, this part of why we started this church nine years ago here in central Austin was because we wanted to be close to the campus to be able to have an opportunity to get to know y'all and connect with you and help you know and love the God that loves you. And we want to be able to help you get connected to community and where you have formed great friendships. We want to help you get connected to mentor relationships. And uh, so there's a lot of older people here that would love to pour into you if that's something you'd be interested in as well. Like These are all uh, desires of ours because we care about you, and we know college years are just an awesome time in life, but a great time to choose personally to decide to follow Jesus, to get to know him and, and give your life to committed to following him. And so we would love to help you do that. And let me just say, we also want to invite you to join us in what God's called us to do as a church. Because as a church family, uh, we really really have a a big prayer that just drives us. And our prayer is this. 
in Austin as it is in heaven. Or the big full prayer is for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in Austin as it is in heaven. We get that prayer from Matthew 6, of course, it's from the Lord's Prayer. It's just contextualized to the city of Austin. We're for God's kingdom coming to the whole earth, yes, but, you know, we're a little biased about the city of Austin because it's where we live. And so that's what we pray, but we don't just pray it because Jesus taught us to. We pray it because of why Jesus taught us to pray it. Because here's the thing, when God's kingdom comes and when his will is done, what you find is that things that are broken become restored and whole. And the things that are messed up are made right. And everything is how it's supposed to be. Now, we want that for our city, right? Now, see, when, when heaven breaks in, and it breaks in in Austin, what you find is that relationships are healed and they're unified. Commu- whole communities find joy and peace and love. Neighbors are loved and God is loved and he's enjoyed and, 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 and uh, experienced. And it's right and it's good. And the least are made first. And the humble are lifted up. And justice reigns and compassion and mercy reigns. Like, is this not what we want for our city? Absolutely it is. That's why that's our prayer in Austin as it is in heaven. And again, students, we're so glad you're with us. And we want to invite you not just to attend here, but to join us in what we're doing here. That God has put this prayer on our hearts in Austin as it is in heaven. And uh, we say, man, let's do that together. Now, you might ask, okay, well, how do you do that together, <laughs> right? I mean, that's a big prayer to see Austin become more and more like heaven. Well, really, there's two ways. Let me just tell you right off the bat. The first way is this. We pray. <laughs> that's the emphasis on prayer is because, really, it's only God that can bring his kingdom here in full. It's he, it's he that's going to do it. And so we say, okay, we want to pray. Every, and you'll see every Sunday we, uh, when we gather, we pray that prayer. We end the message, usually with the Lord's Prayer, we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and in Austin as it is in heaven. So that's the first big thing, because it's God who's going to do it. So we want to invite you to join us in that pursuit by praying with us, both on Sundays and everybody. I really want to, again, encourage you to make this a part of your recurring prayer uh, throughout the week in Austin as it is in heaven. God's going to do it. So that's the first way. The second way that we are pursuing seeing Austin become more like heaven is by helping one another practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Or put that another way, we do it by helping one another uh, follow Jesus. Because here's what we know, that when we are becoming more like Jesus, then our city will be becoming more like heaven. And so we say, we got to help each other grow in Christ's likeness. We want to help one another become more like Christ, which ultimately comes by helping one another stay in step with Jesus. For he, again, is the one who ultimately makes us like him. But we help each other in that. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about. And this uh, new series, Josh mentioned it earlier, we're kicking off a new series uh, today, kind of fall vision series, and we're calling it uh, How We Change. How We Change. And specifically, we're talking about how we change to become more like 
Jesus. And uh, I'm really excited about this focus for this fall because uh, this is something, I don't know if you know this, perhaps you do, that Jesus really desires. That Jesus wants us to become like him. And he wants us to become like him for really good reasons, which I'm about to get into later this morning. But he, uh, he is after growing us in Christ-likeness to making us more and more like him. And in case, and I, this morning, I just want to show you how much of an emphasis that is, because uh, by looking at um, one of the, the, well, actually, by looking at the very first invitation that he actually gives to anyone to come and follow him. And so if you will, turn to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to pick up in verse uh, 16. Now, real quick for all those type A's, if you're looking at your connection card, you'll see that I have Luke chapter 6 written on there for the passage we're going to be in today. We will not be in Luke chapter 6. I just changed my mind and decided Mark 1 and 2 is actually where we're going to be this morning. So if that was going to drive you crazy, I just wanted to mention that off the, just scratch that off. It's not happening. We'll probably get to Luke 6 later on in this series. But today, right now, we'll be in Mark chapter 1, verse 16. And and in this passage, I just want you to see that from the very get-go, from the very first invitation, what Jesus is after is inviting people to become like him. That's what he's aiming for. Look uh, Look at this with me. Verse 16 says, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, talking about Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, here it is, this very first invite to anyone to follow him, here it is, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Now, it's a famous lie, I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all cringe when you hear that, you know, because it's, it's a little bit of a cheesy line, you know, this is a fisher's amends, like, okay, well, if Jesus is all about making me become like him, does that mean that I have to start using weird puns or saying dad jokes? And, and, and it would be okay if that is the case, because there's nothing wrong with puns or dad jokes. My sons are here, and I need to remind them that there's, dad jokes are a really great thing, but anyways... <laughs> That's not exactly what Jesus is doing here uh, when he uses this line. Because uh, the, the line, fishers of men, was an old Hebrew idiom for uh, a great teacher. That uh, someone who captures the hearts and the minds of people was called a fisher of men. It was a, it was a great teacher. It's a, a way to refer to a rabbi, which is Hebrew word for a teacher of that day. And so with that understanding, you understand that, that, that when Jesus says this to Simon and to Andrew, what he's saying is, hey, hey come and uh, follow me and I will make you into a great teacher. And the reason why Jesus could make that invitation is because he was a great teacher. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was, and that they considered a rabbi. He was a rabbi. Now, we believe that Jesus was more than a rabbi, that he's the Messiah, he's son of God. But if you were living in the first century, you were a Jew in the first century, and you came across Jesus, or so you heard someone talking about Jesus, most likely they're going to have referred to Jesus as a rabbi. You would put him in that category. And the reason why I say that is because out of the 90 plus times that Jesus is referred to in the Gospels, 60 or more of them are, uh, Jesus is called rabbi or teacher. 
Like that's how people viewed Jesus. He was a great teacher. He was a rabbi. And so if you put that all together, then notice what is Jesus' very first invitation that he gives to anybody to come and follow him? Literally, it's this. Hey, follow me and I will make you like me. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. I will make you a teacher. I will make you a rabbi. Why? Because I'm a rabbi. So from the very beginning, Jesus' invitation to all of us is follow me and I'll make you like me. Now, uh, Simon and Andrew hear that and look how they respond. Verse uh, 18 says, um, uh, Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on, a, going, and going on a little further, he, Jesus, saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were there in the boat mending their nets. And immediately, he called them. And it probably was the same call. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they, too, they left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hired servants, and they followed him. So Jesus says, hey, follow me. I'll make you like me. I'll make you a fisherman. And well, how do people respond? Immediately, they drop everything. And they, they run after Jesus and James and John, even like abandoning their own dad in the boat. Like, I always thought that was kind of weird, right? You ever read that and think, like, uh, like why such a quick reaction what drastic reaction, like why follow Jesus to the, to the degree of like leaving your, your business, your boat, your dad? I always thought that was weird. Um, I, when I think about it and like from my point of view, um, I think there's only one person that I would ever just drop everything to go follow. Huh. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I mean, not so much right now, uh, but like, like 14-year-old version of Jake Probably would have done that. Like just dropped everything. If Michael Jordan had walked up to me and said, hey, kid, follow me and I'll make you become like me. I would have been like, yes, sir. I'm, I'm in. See you, dad. Peace out. Anyone else that's in my life, I'm just dropping. I'm going to go follow Michael Jordan. And I would be so happy to do that. Probably would have been humming the Gatorade song, you know, like Mike. If I could be like Mike, like that's what I'm doing as I'm following MJ. Because it's like, that was 14-year-old Jake's biggest and most far-fetched dream that one day I could be like Michael Jordan. So if he was offering to make me like him, I'd be, I'd be gone. But that, and, and in my mind, that's perfectly rational, you know, I, that, to do that. But what these guys, Simon and Andrew and John and James, I, it was not as rational. It's like, well, why would you just drop everything for this guy who just comes up and says, I'll make you a fisherman, I'll make you like me. Why would they do that? Well, I think there's actually three reasons for why they would do that. And, and when you understand these three, it becomes a little bit more rational, okay? The first is this, that the reason that they would drop everything to go follow Jesus is because Jesus had already been proclaiming the gospel or the good news around the city where they lived in or in the area they lived in, the area of Galilee. In fact, in Mark 1, verse 15, we know what, uh, we're told what Jesus had been saying in just kind of summary statement. It says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's what Jesus was walking around declaring. And, and that, uh, that was a very intriguing and uh, significant uh, uh, statement 
And when Jesus was talking about the, the kingdom of God, that would have really perked the, the, all the ears up of everyone in, of the Jews in Galilee because that was a, a statement that was chock full with meaning and significance. That the kingdom of God, the, the proclamation of the kingdom of God would cause people to think about the, the, the prophecies and the history that was tied to that statement about, that would help them connect that maybe the Messiah is coming. Some of them would even have probably begun to wonder, I wonder if Jesus is the Messiah. Is he, is he the one who's bringing the kingdom of, of God? And so there's rumbling happening in, around Galilee about who Jesus is. Is he the Messiah? Is he connected somehow to the Messiah? Is he bringing the kingdom, what they've all anticipated and desired under Roman rule? They're ready for the kingdom to come in and what they thought would, would just in the Roman rule. So anyways, all of that is a part of what's going on. And so when they hear Jesus come and invite them, they're thinking, man, maybe because of who this guy is or who he might be, I'd be really intrigued to drop everything and follow him. So that was the first thing. The second thing I think that's going on, and I, I'm pretty, pretty sure that this had a big impact on why they would drop everything and just decide to follow Jesus, is that uh, right before Jesus invited them, to follow him, he had performed a miracle, and it was a crazy miracle. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, we don't read about it, but if you keep reading in the Gospels, you come to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 5, we're given a little bit more color commentary about what happened right before Jesus invited Simon and Andrew to follow him. And what we're told there is that Jesus had said for them to drop their nets into the water. Now, and it, this was kind of a kind of a weird thing because Simon and Andrew had been fishing all night long. They hadn't caught anything. They were super down about all that. And so, but Jesus says, "Hey, hey, just throw them nets out one more time." So they did, and huh, they catch a, a boatload of fish, and it was a miracle. And I think that that probably caused them to think, "Well, maybe we should listen to this guy," <laughs> you know, because. Uh, they got a taste, they got a glimpse into the power of Jesus, like what he could do. And so they, because of maybe who he was and because they got a glimpse of what he could do, they would say, okay, I'm going to drop everything and come and follow him. But I think there was one more thing, one more kind of motivating factor at play that would cause them to drop everything and follow Jesus. And that's because Jesus, as I said earlier, was a rabbi. And as, as a rabbi... Uh, if a, well, I should put it this way. If a rabbi were to invite you to follow him, then uh, that was a really big and prestigious thing that you just frankly didn't turn down. See, because in that day and age, only the elite, only the most highly educated people would even potentially get invited to follow a rabbi. Being invited to follow a rabbi would be like being invited into a prestigious PhD program today. And it's just like not most people don't get that invitation. It's a really big deal if you do. And so if a, the rabbi would, uh, would only go to the elite and only if you just proved yourself that you had the, the intellect and the acumen and the drive to, to be someone who could eventually become a rabbi yourself one day, only then would a rabbi extend the invitation to say, hey, why don't you come and follow me? I will make you into a rabbi. 
Because that's what the goal was of any rabbi. The, the goal of a rabbi is to train the student to become like the teacher, to become a rabbi. Uneducated fishermen didn't get invited to become rabbis. And yet here Jesus was inviting these guys to follow him so that he could make them like him, to make him like a rabbi. And so they dropped everything, and they went and followed him. See, I think that those three things were at play, motivating them to drop everything and follow him. Once you understand that, once you understand that it's because of who they thought Jesus was or who he could be, and because of getting a glimpse of his power, what he could do, and because he was a rabbi that wanted to make him make them like him, for those three reasons, they're like, man, I'm, I'm in. Drop the, drop the fish, drop the dad, head off with Jesus, go and follow him. That's not all that weird in light of that, right? Instead, what I think actually is weird about this whole invitation thing, not, it's not that they would say yes to the invitation, it's that Jesus would actually make the invitation in the first place. Like, why would he invite them? You know? Like, they were uneducated fishermen. There was nothing, like, there's nothing there that would be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he would invite Simon and Andrew and James. It doesn't make sense. Why would Jesus invite those guys to follow him? Well, huh. if you keep reading in the Gospel of Mark, chapter, come to chapter 2, we see another story where Jesus, again, invites someone even crazier than them to follow him. And in that story we're given actually the answer to why Jesus would invite the people he invites to follow him. So flip over a page to, to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to pick up in verse 13. Mark chapter 2, verse 13 says this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And as he walked alongside... Uh, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting on the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Okay. Now, again, this was way more shocking than Jesus even inviting the fishermen to follow him. Because Levi, also known as Matthew, tax collector. If, you're, if you've been around church long, you've heard all this many times, but it's, it's still worth saying is that like, it was, it's, it's crazy that Jesus would invite a tax collector to, to follow him because the tax collectors in that day, they were the worst of the worst. They were viewed as the, the, the people that uh, were traitors to their own people. See, tax collectors worked for the Romans. They taxed the Jews, but they were Jews. They, the tax collectors were Jews, and so they're working like they're, they're traitors. There's, they were the dredge of society. The Jewish people looked at tax collectors as, as I, as I said, being the worst of the worst. And yet Jesus invites Levi to follow him. Again, like a rabbi inviting someone to follow, you only invite the best of the best. And yet here Jesus, rabbi, invites the worst of the worst. Why in the world would he do that? Why are these the people that Jesus is inviting to follow him? Well, keep reading. 
Verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? See, the, the, the other rabbis, the, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, they're asking the same question I'm asking right now. It's like, what is he doing with these people? Like, why is that who he's hanging out with? Why is that who he is inviting to follow him? It doesn't make any sense at all. Jesus hears the question, and so in verse 17, he responds. On hearing this, Jesus told them why. Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Why are these the people that Jesus came to invite? Well, it's because Jesus, like a doctor, came to heal. That he came to heal the sick and the broken and the sinners, which is actually everyone. It's, it's all of us. But not everyone really recognizes that. For example, the Pharisees in this story, they, they didn't recognize that. Jesus says, this is who I've come for. Not for the healthy, but for the sick. See, this is why if you keep reading the Gospels, you see that Jesus continually is inviting and, and drawing near the broken, the hurting, the sinner. This is why Jesus, when... Uh, and, and, uh, John 4 would go to uh, Samaria and seek out the, the Samaritan woman at the well. This is why uh, Jesus would call Mary Magdalene to follow him, who we read in Luke chapter uh, 8 was uh, demon-possessed. I had seven at one point, seven demons. And you think, okay, well, that's not a sterling reputation. No, not at all. Exactly. That's why Jesus goes after her. That he came after the sinner and the, the sick and the hurting and the broken. That this is who Jesus is going, moving towards. Why? Because he, like a doctor, came to heal. He came to restore us. To restore us to God and to restore us to our uh, true selves. See, that. He came to restore us to make us the people that God had in mind when he first created humankind. Think about Genesis chapter 1. See, God, we're told, created male and female in his image. In the image of God, he created them. And that when he created us in his image, he created us to represent, to reflect what he is like. And that all of us still to this day do that to some degree, that we still carry the image of God. We still have the dignity of being made in the image of God. That's absolutely true. And yet what also is true is that because of sin, we're a shadow. We're a, we're a, we're a messed up reflection of what God really is like in his character. But Jesus came to heal that. 
He came to restore that in us, to restore us to the true selves, to make us who God had in mind when he thought you up. He created you to restore you fully, to heal you completely. That's why Jesus came. And that's why he moved towards the broken and the hurting. That's why he would call the uneducated fishermen and the worst of the worst, Matthew, Levi, the tax collector. Man, I love that about Jesus. So as his followers begin to understand that that's what Jesus had come to do, to come and heal them, you know what that caused them to do more and more? Trust him and follow him more and more. Because you know what you do with someone who's come to heal you? Uh, You listen to them, (laughs) and you spend some time with them. And I should know because, like I said, I was, I was in the ICU for six, six days two weeks ago. And every morning, my doctor, Dr. Park, would come into my room at 7 a.m., oftentimes waking me up. It was a little embarrassing. It's like, all right, I'm, you know, I sh- should have known that he was going to be here at 7, uh, but I, I didn't. And so he's waking me up, and I, and I pop up, and I'm sitting there. I'm trying to, like, you know, like get my bearings, but also look like I didn't just wake up, even though he knows that I just woke up because he literally woke me up. And so I, I, and I'm listening to him because because he's I know he's he's my doctor he's there to help me get better that he's there to help me be restored to my full self to, to help me heal so I'm hanging on every single word that he says and then he's talking about what we did yesterday and how that worked out and all that stuff. And then he's talking to me about what we're going to do today. And I'm like, Any, anything you say, Doc, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do that today. Because I trust what you're saying. I know you're here to help me heal. And so, like, I'm just, I'm all in. Friends, Jesus, Jesus came. To heal us. He, he didn't come to bring all these kind of heap, all these new laws and rules upon us to say, here, here's more stuff to measure up. Let me just show you all the ways you're going wrong, and I'm going to expect more and more out of you. Now, now the, the law was already in place. We, we were already failing miserably. That's why Jesus came. And he, he came to heal and to restore. He came to say, hey, I want to help make you like me. I want to help you become who you were meant to be. John chapter 10, verse 10, he put it this way. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And when Jesus said that, he uses the Greek word zoe instead of bios, which is a different word meaning more subsistence. But zoe means this rich, abundant kind of life, this this life to the full. It's It's a statement that doesn't just speak to quantity of life, like eternal life, though, yes, Jesus came to bring us eternal life, which is amazing. But here he's speaking about the quality of life. Life to the full. I came to bring you life to where you can really live. Why? Because we're not fully who we were meant to be as a result of sin. 
But Jesus comes that we could actually be made fully alive, fully who we were supposed to be, fully like him. That we would have life and life to the full. Man, I don't know about y'all, but like, I want that. I think about the person that Jesus came to make us into as it's, it's people. It's people that, uh, that over time, because it's a process, and I'm not going to lie to you about that, but people who over time, as a result of being with Jesus and letting him work on you and change you and heal you, it's people who find it more uh, easy. It's just a little easier for it. It just kind of comes naturally for you uh, uh, to, to love your enemies and to, instead of uh, hate them. He, he came to make us uh, people who are just, it just flows from us uh, more naturally to be generous instead of greedy. Uh, to lift others up instead of putting others down. And to give life instead of take it. So Jesus came to heal us. He came so that over time, uh, we would become people who trust the Father instead of worry. And who are filled with peace instead of anxiety. And who have self-control when confronted with temptation instead of who give in every time. That he, he came to make us uh, moved with compassion when we see people who are hurting instead of filled with judgment. See, Jesus, he, he came to help you become the type of person who, who confronts injustice instead of turning a blind eye and who's able to forgive instead of grow bitter and is gracious and patient even when people let you down. See, he came to help you to become a person who is secure in the Father's love and approval so that you don't have to wear yourself out trying to please others. And see, Jesus came to help you become the person who is full of joy instead of bitterness, and full of hope instead of despair, and full of steadfast love for all, for your neighbors and for your God. See, this is Jesus' invitation. This is what he's wanting to do in our lives when he says, follow me and and." And you and I will have you become like me. That's Jesus' invitation. And I don't know about y'all, but like I want that so much. I want Jesus to make me like him. And I can guarantee you that Krista and my kids want Jesus to make me like him as well. My, my guess is, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you, you want Jesus to make you more like you, more like him as well. And everyone in your life would appreciate that too. Friends, that's Jesus' invitation. That's what he came to do. I've come that you may have life, life to the full, to make you your true self. Pastor and author John Mark Comer puts it this way. He says, Jesus came so that we can recover our true selves. Jesus came to restore us to who God had in mind when he first created us as his image bearers.
So the question, as we begin this series, how we change, the question is, um, do you want that? Because it doesn't really do any good to get into how we change before you say, well, do I actually want to change? Do I want to become like Jesus? And so uh, if you had to say, okay, how, when it does come to the question how we change, the very first step probably is just to say, well, you have to decide that you want to. That the very first step is to, at least in your role in it, is to actually decide whether you will receive Jesus' invitation to come follow him, that he can make us like him. And friends, uh, my encouragement to y'all is to say yes. Like, do you want to become more like Jesus? Do you want to allow him to heal you, to restore you, and to give you life? then say yes to his invitation to come and follow him. Because he just, the way he begins changing you, it, it begins with you being with him, actually choosing to follow him, staying in step with him. We're going to get into that next week. But it does begin there. And that begins, being with him, that begins by saying yes to his invitation to come with him. And so my encouragement to all of you is to actually wrestle with the question, Will you follow him? Will you say yes to his invitation so that he can heal you? So that he can give you life and life to the full? It's up to you. You have to make the decision. Again, students, this, part, this is a great crossroads of your, of your life. If you're just starting college or you're returning back to school and you have to decide, okay, what am I going to give my time to? What am I going to be about this year? Jesus says, hey, come follow me. I will have you become like me. But you have to respond. You have to decide. And that is not just for students. That's for all of us. That today and really each day, we have to decide, will I follow Jesus? And friends, I just again want to encourage you to say yes. Years ago, I said yes to Jesus' invitation to follow him. And I can honestly say it's the best decision I've ever made. It is, it is uh, <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on about all of the things that have happened in my life as a result of following Jesus. Um, but the best thing is I've gotten to know him, and he's great. Hey, he really is. He loves you, and he wants to help you become the person you were meant to be. Man, I hope you will say yes to following him. Um, Friends, Austin will become more like heaven as we become more like Jesus. And his invitation is, let me, let, let me make you more like me. I want to do it because I came that you would have life and life to the full. Because I've come to heal. Let's say yes to him. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. 
We invite you to practice the way of Jesus in Austin with us because as we become more like Jesus, Austin will become more like heaven.